Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God for our special focus this morning is Ephesians 4, verse 32, part of our second reading as printed in your bulletin and already read. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, so what are we supposed to be outraged about today? What is the breaking news that's supposed to get us to stop caring about what we were told to care about yesterday so we can get all worked up about something new today? And remember how for the longest time we were being told that individual plastic bags were a menace and that everyone should always opt for reusable bags that they bring from home when they're shopping? And how, after the pandemic hit, we were told to leave the reusables behind and go for the more hygienic option of individual plastic bags. In politics, some of us can remember when balanced budgets and runaway government spending were issues to fight over. But who talks about those things today? Perhaps you recall how the Iraq war was once the biggest deal there was, and now it's practically forgotten by the public, or at least the pundits. How many of the issues being emphasized in this year's campaign were even things 20 years ago? It can be hard to know what's supposed to matter to us these days. Everything is shifting, and in this age of the internet and social media, it's shifting faster than it ever did before. If you have children of school age, and especially if you are supervising their learning at home these days, you are probably amazed at the things that they are expected to know and care about that are so different from what you were expected to know and care about when you were in school. I can remember that we were supposed to worry about the coming new ice age. And if you are married, whether a long time or short time, you have certainly learned that there are things that never mattered to you as a single person that now need to matter to you either because your spouse wants you to care or just because marriage changes so much about your life. Our theme for this new ministry year is meant to show us how we are blessed as believers when it comes to knowing and being certain of where our focus and concern should be and in a way that does not change the way that society and relationships and our own minds change. Scripture gives us the emphasis and the encouragement that we need. It tells us what matters. And while it is common for people to think that the Bi- that what the Bible says or what God wants, well, that's just something to be, be treated as separate or even distant from our daily lives. The truth is that since we are redeemed by Christ and are dear children of the Heavenly Father, 
What matters to God matters to us. Or at least it should. Over the coming weeks, we will be considering many things that the Lord tells us matter. Some might be things that you say, of course, about. But quite a few of those will be things that we, we hardly think about or tend to think are not important enough to occupy our minds and our hearts very often. And some will be things that we don't pay that much attention to because we've just gotten used to them and take them for granted. But they still matter. Now I will let you decide which of those categories that our first concern falls into. But it is a big one. Today, we are taught how forgiveness matters. Now, unless that you've had only the most minimal exposure to biblical or Lutheran Christianity, you will know that forgiveness is a theme and topic that shows up a lot in worship, in hymns, in sermons, and and much more. But it can be easy to treat forgiveness as, well, the way that we might treat some statistic in baseball, like a pitcher's ERA. We know it's important to certain people, and the experts talk about it a lot, but if you're not some kind of super fan, you really don't pay much attention to it. But forgiveness is at the center of our faith as Christians. It is foundational. It's not just another spiritual truth or theological concept to add to a list. It's not a a distant goal that we'll reach when we're ready to care about it. And it's not something of concern only to the super mature. Forgiveness really matters right now to God and to us. Imagine for a moment what life would be like in a world without forgiveness. As though we woke up tomorrow morning and no one ever forgave anyone anything ever again. No one would ever stay married. Because no mistake a spouse made, let alone an actual offense, would ever be let go and and would instead be held on to as a grudge added to an ever-growing pile of grudges that would turn into contempt or worse. Parents would routinely abandon their children because every act of disobedience or disrespect would be remembered and resented. And children would routinely reject their parents, especially once they reached their teen years, because they would take every attempt at discipline or correction as a wrong against them. Road rage would be the norm. The courts would be packed with lawsuits left and right. Every first offense would be a firing offense at at your job. Every perceived slight would start a fistfight. Feuds would start and never end. And nations would be in a permanent state of war 
unable ever to, to bury a hatchet or let bygones be bygones. Obviously, the world needs forgiveness to function. But what's the right amount? Peter's question in our gospel, when my brother sins against me, how many times should I forgive him? has that idea as its base, that there is a right amount of forgiving. And once you reach that amount, that limit, well, then you can be done with it. So what is that right amount? From a purely human point of view, we'd probably say something like, well, enough so that I get forgiven for the things that I do but not so much that I have to forgive others more than I am willing to. Which is pretty much what we see demonstrated in the parable that Jesus told in response to Peter's question in our gospel today. The, the one servant is forgiven his huge debt, which he likes, but he doesn't like that his fellow servant still owes him a small amount of money, so he doesn't forgive. So clearly, Forgiveness is important, but how important? If we had nothing to be forgiven, it wouldn't matter much, but we have everything to be forgiven, and so it matters immensely. Christ's parable illustrates this. The amount the servant owes the king, 10,000 talents, was equivalent at that time to 60 million days' wages. We can hardly imagine how this man amassed such a debt, but we can be certain that he had no way to ever repay it despite his promise to do so. Our debt of sin is the same. We can hardly remember the offenses we have committed against God, but their number is so large it's beyond our measuring. We don't sin only when we do big things like commit crimes or cheat on our spouses or abuse children. We sin any time and every time that we fail to live up to God's standards for our lives, for our thoughts, for our words. If we lose our temper when frustrated, we sin. If we bend the truth to avoid inconvenience or embarrassment, we sin. If we indulge in pornography or over-imbibe in alcohol, we sin. If we avoid worship and ignore the Bible, we sin. If we chase after success or money or pleasure or popularity, putting those things in the place that God should have in our lives, we sin. If we take the name of the Lord in vain or let cruel or careless words from our lips bring Him disgrace, we sin. We have been doing it since we came into being and we'll be doing it until we die. So yes, 
Yes, yes, we need forgiveness desperately. Because, as Scripture tells us, the wages of sin is death. Our Creator made the consequences clear from the very beginning. Sin, any sin, any disobedience, any placing of our own will above God's means that we lose out on life with the Lord. No heaven, no endless love, no eternal joy or rest, only hell and its torments. And like the servant in our parable today, we have no way to wipe out our debt or pay for our sins ourselves. We really couldn't take care of even one on our own. But the heap of offenses we each accumulate is beyond calculation. We have no hope of relief. No matter how hard or sincerely we might try, no matter what we might plead. Which is why our and anyone's only hope is forgiveness. That the one we owe the debt to, the Almighty God, would have pity on us the way the king in the parable had mercy on his servant and forgave his insurmountable debt. But how? How could a just God, who is holy and demands holiness of all, and will not allow even the slightest speck of a sin or blemish into his presence, how could he do all of this? How could he have pity on us and wipe out our debt and still remain true and righteous? How? By making sure that the debt was paid. Just not by us sinners. This is why God sent His Son to pay the price that only He could pay that would satisfy the debt of every sinner and set us free. That price was His suffering and death on the cross. The eternal and sinless Son of God, Jesus Christ, died in the flesh that He took on as the Son of Mary. The Son of God died. He submitted to that which had no claim on Him so that death and hell could no longer have claim on sinners. He did this not because we deserved it, but precisely because we did not and could never merit anything good from God. He had to do it. It was the only way. And He did it. God gave His only begotten Son because He loved us. The cross of Christ shows us in bloody, horrific, graphic detail, how much forgiveness matters to God. But it is not just our deep spiritual need 
or the Lord's graciousness that makes forgiveness important. We also desperately need it for our own dealings and relationships with other people. The first part of our reading from Ephesians focuses on all the wrong and unproductive responses we might have to our difficulties with our, our neighbors, our spouses, our children, our parents, our co-workers, our fellow church members, that, that guy in the car in front of us and that lady on Twitter. Unwholesome talk. Every kind of bitterness, rage, anger, quarreling, and slander, along with every kind of malice. Our reading from Genesis 50 showed how desperately Joseph's brothers craved the forgiveness that, or the assurance that he had forgiven them for the great evil that they had done to him so many years before, even though he had told them long ago that he'd let go of it and left it all in God's hands. And your own experience, day after day, makes clear that there is no end of offenses that need forgiving, both that you have committed against others, often those you love the most, and that others have committed against you. And so, just as we confess our sins and are forgiven, we are told to forgive those who sin against us, whatever that sin might be. You may also recall that we pray this every time we pray the Lord's Prayer. What God did for us in Christ makes all the difference in doing this. In the first place, He sets us a perfect example to follow. He doesn't forgive just some sins and hold on to others, or forgive his favorite people and hold grudges against everyone else. Instead, he gives his pardon freely to all who come to him in repentance and faith. So in the same way, just as God in Christ has forgiven us, we are not choosy or selective, or inconsistent in giving our pardon to those who offend us. We freely forgive everything to everyone. And just as God has removed our transgressions from us as far as the East is from the West, so also we put away remove the offenses of others against us as far as the east is from the west, as though they were never there in the first place. What God did for us also sets the standard or, or measure for our forgiving. Christ's answer to Peter, 70 times or 70 times seven, was his way of saying, quit counting how many times you've had to forgive your brother. Just keep on doing it. If God set a limit to how many times he would forgive us for our sins, well, we would each have passed it long, long ago. And we'd be completely out of hope. But that's not what he has done. 
And so, in the same way, just as God has, in Christ has forgiven us and keeps on forgiving us, we are not stingy with our pardon and don't keep records of wrongs. We keep on forgiving others just as we want them to keep on forgiving us. Because we all keep making mistakes, doing wrong, and causing hurt. And what God did for us in Christ is also important for what we do with others' sins against us. Because that gospel grace is what gives us the power to forgive. By nature, we do not have it within us to be imitators of God as His dearly loved children, nor are we by nature able to forgive our brothers and sisters from the heart, as Jesus told us to do. But the very love of God that saved us also transforms us. We are new creatures in Christ, pure and holy as He is, and as generous and merciful in heart as He is. So even though our old sinful natures might rebel against it, and we find it a struggle, we are able to forgive others when they sin against us, just as God in Christ has forgiven us. So it matters, forgiveness. I could fill five more sermons with what Scripture has to say about how important forgiveness is. Both God's forgiveness of our sins and our reflection of that in forgiving others who sin against us. We don't really have time for five sermons today, but we always have time because it is always necessary and always important to confess our sins to the Lord and receive His forgiveness as, as we do every week at the beginning of the service and as we remember in our baptisms and as we have in the Lord's Supper. And we will be always ready also to ask forgiveness of those here on earth that we have sinned against and to give forgiveness to those who have sinned against us. And we will always also be ready, willing, and able to always be kind and compassionate. All of this, this is what we do because of who we are. This is what we do because of what has been done for, through, and in us, forgiving, just as God in Christ has forgiven us. Forgiveness matters. Amen. Please rise. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.